Welcome to Pseudo Paranormal. It is Sunday, February 26th, 2023. And today I am sharing true paranormal stories from the web. As always, you can find all of the episodes of the show along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page. And that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. And um, so the plan for this week is today and Tuesday will be True Paranormal Stories from the Web. Uh, Monday and Wednesday will be um, Paranormal News. And then uh, Thursday will be, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, will be um, another book review. Um, no more Lovecraft, we're done with that, but uh, going to get back into some Stephen King. And, uh, and then eventually we'll throw in some... Uh, some review of mythological stories as well, uh, alternate between those two. <clears throat> so, um, that's the plan for this week. And, uh, thank you all for listening, whether you're here live, I see you all there. Thank you. Or you listen to the podcast feed, um, or the YouTube feed. I appreciate all the, uh, all, everyone listening, wherever you listen. So, um, I have some stories to share today obviously so let me get to those and then we'll get started so let's see here so um, i'm glad to be back i definitely uh need to ne needed to get back to the five day a week schedule even though i didn't really want to um but i feel a lot better now that i have <laughs> i think um seven was possible but it's not um not fun really just too much work. So, um, anyway, let me get to this first story here. And, uh, we'll see how many of these we can get through today. So, this first one says The church campus consists of the sanctuary, the office, an empty, decrepit house where the priest used to live that was later used as a meeting space until it was condemned and a cemetery with the oldest graves being those of War of 1812 soldiers. All of the buildings have stone exteriors. And um, just real quick, I forgot to mention uh, the title to this story. Uh, on the website I found mentioned that it's a, it is a 200-year-old church that they're talking about here. So um, anyway, this says, A priest died in the house in the late 1800s. He was old, so nothing nefarious there. But he still haunts the place, which seems odd to me since he was a priest and obviously believed in heaven and all that. Why stick around? Uh, when I first started working there, I was in the office with a member of the congregation who told me that on several occasions when they left the old house and turned off all of the lights, they would turn around and see lights that had been switched off or switched back on inside through the windows. I believe in the paranormal, 
and have had an experience myself, so I was intrigued. When I left the office that day, by myself, I turned off the lights. At the last light switch, I felt almost an electric buzz through my finger. The office itself is so old, it wouldn't have surprised me if something wasn't grounded right. I didn't think anything unusual about it. I went back to my desk to grab my things and back unlocked the door. <laughs> Sorry, my Logan is uh, demanding attention here, my cat. Uh, and the light switch I had turned off was on. Keep in mind, this was the same day as when I found out about the priest. I've tried asking him again to show me any sign that he's there, but he's never done anything else in the four years I've been working there. But without asking, I've seen flashes of light in a dark window, or I'm sorry, windowless room. I'm not sure if it was pareidolia, but I saw a man cross in front of my headlights and disappear. He had dark hair and was wearing a white shirt. Uh, let me see. Let's go down. There we go. It says, I once unlocked the deadbolt on the door to the church. And when I went to turn the knob to go inside, something turned it the opposite way in my hand. This was during a lockdown, so definitely no one was inside. I ran. I've seen motion detector lights outside turn on by themselves and when I've jumped in front of them waving my hands they've never come on I heard this one from my boss who's a priest the organist was practicing by themselves in the church when a pencil went flying across the room my boss also told me that members have said They've seen the priest looking out of the windows of the house. The decrepit house is supposed to be torn down within the next year or two. I'm not sure how or if that will affect the priest, who won't leave. Maybe he finally will. So that's the end of that story. Um, sounds like a lot of activity going on there. Um, I always wonder about this because they ask at one point in the story there why he's still there. Um, and I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities, but one thing I always like to consider is that um, when people see spirits, possible spirits, maybe they're there because they want to be there. Maybe they're, they're still around because they like the place, they love, love being in the place. Maybe even seeing the people that are still going there especially if it's a community-oriented place like that. Um, wouldn't surprise me in a way if that priest was still there because of that. Um, of course, it's hard to say, but that's sort of what I like to think is the case And when people have these sightings of uh, the same figure and o over and over again. Um, so I thought that was a neat story, and I uh, figured that'd be a good way to start off the show today. So... Um, let me find the next one here, and we'll keep going. 
Let's see here. Okay. So, this next one says, During the school summer holidays, my twin and I would be taken into my mother's work, who at the time was a sec secretary for a nightclub, which operated in an old Regency Pier, Pier building, I'm sorry, P-I-E-R, uh, in Southampton in the UK. As kids, my brother and I were obsessed with ghosts. We still are now. What we experienced one day would cement this interest. We still talk about it now. We used to run around this old building, and one day, one of the members of staff there told us that the cleaning crew, uh, staff, excuse me, refused to come in when it was dark. They claimed they saw a misty figure and had a feeling of being intensely watched. The chef told us that he sometimes came in early to start the food prep and would find all the cupboards open, all the pots and pans laid out in lines on the floor. The alarms never tripped. The cameras in the bar never saw anything. Well, this was music to our ears, and the first thing we did is visit the kitchen and ask, if anyone is in here, show yourself. Just a quick note here um, from me. <laughs> As I always say with this, be careful if you do that, and always be respectful, because you never know what might happen. Um, getting back to the story here. It says, with that, some eggs on the side of the counter flew across the room and smashed. We barreled out of there, and when I mean run, we were absolutely out of there in a flash. We ran to our mom, white as a sheet, and explained what happened. The adults there said, maybe a truck went by, and the vibrations knocked them off. Absolutely not. And they say it then there. Uh, it says, This place was closed for ages. It reopened as a Thai restaurant, and I got to go to the opening night through some weird coincidence. As soon as I passed that kitchen again, for the first time in 15 years, I felt a cold finger down my back, and that feeling of being watched. I wonder if it's still up to its tricks for the new owners. So that's the end of that story. Um, that's quite a lot of things going on there. Uh, just based on all the report from all the staff and everything. And then the kids. I do agree. It's hard to say what that was with the eggs. Um, although that reminds me of, um, I think it was one of the, I think it was the first Ghostbusters movie where they just started to explode in the kitchen. Um, but, um, I mean, it could have been maybe, I don't know. I do, I do sort of agree with the writer there that that seems like a lot for them to go flying across the room. Seems like a vibration. I mean, I would think that if, if it was a vibration, they would just fall. But I could be wrong. But, um, really neat story there anyway about all that stuff going on at that, uh, Location. I wonder how many people 
I mean, it sounds like it's changed hands over the years. I wonder how many stories there are that are just you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to find out about them unless you were to go there and research everything. So, uh, neat story. So this next one here, uh, let's see here. This one starts says hello. I'm a 35 year old female. I've always been sensitive to the paranormal and attracted things both human and non-human as long as I can remember. I have many stories. This was not my first experience, but this stands out to me because of how I felt. When I was a kid, about 11 or 12, I used to walk to and from school, and I would always take a shortcut through the local cemetery. <clears throat> One day after school, I was taking my shortcut through the cemetery, as usual, and I tripped and fell. As I went to get up, I saw bare feet in front of me, and I immediately felt very uneasy. I stood up, and when I did, I saw what looked like a woman standing in front of me wearing a white sort of nightgown sort of thing that went down to her knees. She was barefoot, and she had long black hair, and she was looking down at her feet. I felt very unsettled by her, uh, by her, like this could, or like this, I could be in danger feeling. I don't know if that's the best way to describe the feeling I got. It wasn't like a feeling of immediate danger, more of a be very careful sort of feeling, if that makes sense. I said hello. I uh, just scrolled and I lost my spot. Okay, there we go. And she looked up at me. And that was when I noticed. Her eyes were uh, blood red and looked very reptilian with vertical pupils. When she looked at me, it was sort of like she was looking through me. She then spoke and said that I needed to be more careful and that I needed to get home. Then she disappeared. I never saw her again after that, and I have no idea what she was. But I somehow inherently knew that she could have easily hurt or killed me if she wanted to, but she didn't. If any of you have an idea of what she could have been, let me know. It says in the comments. But, um, so that's the end of that story. I have no idea what that was. Um... I don't know if there's any kind of condition that would make someone's eyes look that way. If not, then it does sound like maybe it was something inhuman. But it's so hard to tell because everything else about the figure um, appeared to be human-like. Um, makes me wonder, when it comes to cemeteries and things like that if when they are picked if they've already been some kind of a cemetery for other beings or bur burial or uh, just a site where other beings would go other creatures would go when they were going to pass or after they 
maybe they'd be put there after they passed if they were I don't know just I wonder what else could be in or or near cemeteries from before they were set up there that could then still be there um just an idea I don't know for sure but a uh, creepy story there for sure um it does seem like overall nothing bad really happened which is good um I wonder about the history of that place now. Of course, um doesn't really go into detail about where it is, and I wouldn't want them to. I like to have um, privacy when it comes to telling your own experiences, I think, so no worries there. Um, and I found this on the website, so... <laughs> Excuse me. But um, quite the story there. Quite the experience. Um, I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be wanting to go back there and check out that place. I want to keep going. I wonder if the writer ever, if they ever kept um, cutting through that cemetery or not. Sort of, I could, I could totally understand if they just decided, no, I'm not cutting through there anymore. Um, that's enough of that. Even if it takes longer to get, to get between the places they're going. Just, um, just to avoid that kind of uh, encounter again, I wouldn't blame them at all. So... Um, so let me find the next story here and see how we're doing for time. I think we have time for one more, it looks like. So let me get to this one. This one says, One night, my wife and I were headed home from a friend's house who lives in our same neighborhood. There was a small get-together. We said our goodbyes around 1 a.m. and... We got in the car to drive the couple of blocks back home. Street lights are far and few between in our neighborhood. So what we saw next was mostly by the light of my wife's headlights. But clear enough to leave us confused and awestruck. As we turned on our street, we both saw something crossing the road, maybe 10 yards ahead an animal or creature that would have been bigger than a large dog, but smaller than a bear. It had pitch black fur, so dark it contrasted with an already dark background. The most disturbing detail was its gait or trot. The only way I can describe it, uh, describe it, that's movement, I'm sorry, is by saying it moved the way a bipedal being would move if forced to walk on all fours. But it moved quickly, athletically even. The creature darted across the street from the side where our house, our house is to the opposite side. We live in the suburbs. Each house is surrounded by connected fences. There are no gaps in between them. The fences are at least six feet tall. When we pulled up to our house and looked across the street, the animal was nowhere to be seen. The only thing I could think was that it would have had to clear a six-foot fence to get away or have the dexterity or intelligence to open the gate on the side of my neighbor's house which is normally locked. We just sat there and both asked each other, 
if we had seen the same thing. I haven't seen anything like it since. I listened to a podcast recently where the co-host mentioned an eerily similar animal, down to the weird bipedal on all fours movement, and said he believed it to, uh, was a skinwalker. Has anyone encountered anything similar? So that's the end of that story. Um, I'm wondering how it got away. If it's that big, I wonder if it could it could somehow um, get over a, a fence like that. Or some of these are said to be somewhat spectral or spiritual or non-physical. So if it just somehow got behind the house, went around the corner, and then boom, gone. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know about that one. Um, I have one more here that is very s similar in a way. Let me see if I can, um, let's see here. No, I think I better not. There's another one I'll, I'll, uh, let me see here. No, you know what? I think I can do it. All right. This one says, back in 2006, in my mid-20s, I was in a touring band. Anyone that has lived this life knows, much like truckers and the like, there are a lot of long drives that you learn shortcuts for. I grew up in a city right beside a native reserve, or reservation, sorry, and my girlfriend at the time was from there, she being uh, First Nations herself. One of my bandmates lived in the city on the other side of the reservation. And I had just dropped him off at a, uh, from a gig. Let's see here. Oh, after, yeah, so, sorry about that. I thought I got it wrong, but I didn't. It says, when going between these two cities, you can drive up to a highway and go around the res reserve or take a shortcut and go through, which I did. This reservation had very few streetlights, save for the main road, and the road I was going down was completely dark, except for wooden ballasts on the left side that had reflective tape on them. I had just entered the reservation when my headlights reflected off of something yellow. I assumed it was the aforementioned ballasts until the yellow thing moved. They were eyes. I slowed down and waited for what I assumed to be a dog coyote or, least likely, a wolf to cross the street, but it didn't. This creature had pitch black, bristly hair, and was about the size of a dog. It walked quite slowly to the road, stared at me in the van with the reflective yellow eyes, bared its teeth, and then turned around, and then quickly spun around and went back into the trees on the left side of the road. It took me a moment to realize that was not your usual canine. I immediately called my girlfriend. It was early 2000s. Cell phone and driving was commonplace, it says. And described it. To my surprise, she answered almost immediately and said, Oh, probably a skinwalker. A what now? I said. She explained the legend of skinwalkers. Shapeshifters that usually take the form of a coyote or wolf. Traditionally, they are medicine men or women 
who took, according to my ex, uh, bad medicine. In some legends, they are also just straight-up uh, witches who want to trick people. Uh, it says look up common indigenous tricksters if you're uh, curious about that. It says, now I will point out that there is a Mohawk word for skinwalkers, but I could not find it for the life of me. There is a Navajo version, but this happened nowhere near their reservation. This has stuck with me forever. The eyes, the teeth, the sense of being completely frozen. And that's where that story ends. So there you have a couple of stories that seem to be talking about similar creatures. Um, And I don't know uh, if they have that right about that or not. I am not... Um, I haven't looked a ton into that, so I don't know for sure, but very possible. So, um, that's where I'm going to end it for tonight. I have one other story that I will save for the next True Paranormal Stories in the Web show. And we'll go from there. Thank you all for listening. And I'll be back tomorrow with Paranormal News on Salcedo Paranormal. Take care, everyone.